By speaking with resounding voices, the Vishnudas threatened to punish Ayamudas if they continued trying to snatch Ayamudas' soul from his heart. The order carriers of Yamraj have jurisdiction all over sinful living entities. But the messengers of Lord Vishnu, the Vishnudas are capable of punishing anyone, including Yamraj, if he wrongs the Vaishnava. Materialistic scientists do not know where to find the soul within the body with their material instruments. But this verse clearly explains that the soul is within the core of the heart, Hridaya. It is from the heart that the Yamputas were extracting the soul of Ajahnavati. Similarly, we learn that the super soul, Lord Vishnu, is also situated within the heart. Ishwara Sarvapurtana Hridaya in the Upanishads, it is said that the Supersoul and the individual soul are living in the same tree of the body as two friendly birds. The Supersoul is said to be friendly because the Supreme Personality of God is so kind to the original soul that when the original soul transmigrates from one body to another, the Lord goes with him. Furthermore, according to the desire and karma of the individual soul, the Lord through the agency of Maya, creates another body for him. The heart of the body is a mechanical arrangement, as the Lord says in Bhagavad Gita 1861. The Supreme Lord is situated in everyone's heart, O Arjuna, and is directing the wanderings of all living entities who are seated as on a machine made of material energy. Yantra means a machine, such as an automobile. The driver of the machine of the body is the individual soul, who is also its director or proprietor, but the supreme proprietor is the supreme personality of Godhead. Once body is created through the agency of Maya, Karma Deva and according to one's activities in this life, another vehicle is created. Again, under the supervision of Devi Maya. Devi is a Gunamai, Mama Maya, Devatari. At the appropriate time, one's next body is immediately chosen, and both the individual soul and the super soul transfers to that particular body in shape. This is the process of transmigration. During transmigration from one body to the next, the soul is taken away by the order carriers of Nimraj and put into a particular type of hellish life, Naraka, in order to become accustomed to the conditions in which he will live in his next body.
ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯಂತಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮತಿ ಭಕ್ತಿ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ನಮಸ್ತೆ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ದೇವಿ ಗೌರವಾಣಿ ಪ್ರಚಾರಣೆ ನಿರ್ವಿಶೇಷ ಶೂನ್ಯವಾದಿ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ಟ್ರಿ ಆಫ್ ದ ಲೈಫ್ ಮೋಸ್ಟ್ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆಂಟ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ದ ಮೂಮೆಂಟ್ the soul will be forced out of the jungle's body and something has to happen now. This is the climax scene now of the movie. If something doesn't happen now, then Ajahnabali basically dies and the whole past time doesn't continue further. So this is the moment when Vishnudutta comes and they have a very special instrument that's called Yampash. This instrument is very special because none of the living entities or most of the living entities I would say better, in a better way are willing to leave the body at the time of death because they don't want to leave the body at the time of death Yamadutas who are the messengers of Yamaraj they have to have some instruments to force them out and this is why they use uh, this instrument called Yamaraj Now this instrument which they have, it goes to the core of the heart of the living entity as described here and forces the soul out. And we can understand because the soul itself is, is covered by, with the, with, the, with the subtle covering of mind, intelligence and ego. So this instrument is not a spiritual instrument but it's a subtle instrument. Which penetrates through the gross body and extracts the soul which is covered in mind intelligence and that covering, subtle body covering. And imagine a scene where you are in a house and, and you know that someone, someone forcefully enters your house and you know that if they throw you out of this house, you can never come back to this house and everything you possess in the house, all the furniture, all your relatives, your massive 62-inch television, you know, your car key, whatever you have inside, all your, all your uh, computer vision, all your bank accounts, whatever you can think of you have is there in the house and your, your one's wife or children or husband or children are also there. And then you know once you're thrown out of this house, whatever you have in the house, you have no more possession. You have no more control over it. So then at that time, if someone forces one, that person out of the house, how much that person will fight not to leave the house? So that is, that is the pain a living entity experiences at the time of death. Knowing that if I exit this rental property, which I am in now, where everything I have, I, I, suppose, I think it belongs to me, is there. and for good it's going to be taken away from me that particular living entity will try their level level very level best not to leave the house and this is the fight which every living entity goes through at the time of death and that's why the experience of death is extremely painful in scriptures the pain is described is, is, is like biting off a scorpion and how many? 44,000 scorpions or something There is another one. 
some some forty thousand odd scorpions biting at a time is the pain a so uh, of individual experiences when when the soul is extracted out of the body because you don't want to leave. Now, on the contrary, if you see there is a person who is completely detached from whatever is in the house, and and he understands it's a rental property, and and he is preparing for a permanent house. And permanent house and permanent relationship and everything, I, I, every belonging he has is permanent. That's in the spiritual realm. Then when the order comes, okay, it's time to leave. It's you will not try to hold on to things. You will not you will not fight over. You will not try to call out to your relatives. You will not try any other means. You just simply walk out. Because you are entering your permanent house from this rental apartment, you have changed enough of apartments already. That is the body, and then all the belongings are eternal now. All the relations will be eternal. Then every life we get a new package of mother, father, all relatives, wife, children, husband, whatever, and then our loved ones, and then after a few years, this whole package is taken away. Then the new package starts with new life. And that is also taken away, and unlimited packages are already changed. So someone who who learns about it really starts to desire: Can I have a permanent deal? You know, <laughs> where no more of change, no more changes are, are, are forced upon me. So for a liberated soul who who is just waiting for the moment to unite with the Supreme Lord in the spiritual realm, when the time of death comes. He just simply walks out. It's a very painful experience. But more the attachment is like Devanandamura was telling yesterday. More we are attached to bodily activities, we suffer proportionately because our attachment to bodily activities forces us to hold on to this rental property. And and here we can in this world we can cheat. We can forcefully stay wherever we want, file a case. Uh, the other devotee was mentioning that there are so many people who would enter a vacant property, and by the time landlord finds out they are settled, and then a lawsuit is filed, and then that will take one year or so. By the time police intervenes, the the the, the authorities intervene, they are asked to leave another house. They have already worked out which is the house to enter. <laughs> so you are fighting for one and a half years to get your property vacant very common in india this is about 10 years minimum uh, they they say and after 10 years you can't push them out to your property is gone so people are very careful but when it when it comes to us the amount of suffering a living entity experiences at the time of death is very immense very very immense and and the key reason is uh, the attachments we have created in this world While we are in this world, so the scripture it explains the the pain which I was just telling experienced by by a living entity which is equal to thousands and thousands of scorpions biting at a time, which is how much painful that will be, uh, is is equated to that to to show us how dramatic, how how much agonizing that experience of departure of death will be. And if you have noticed, you know, I don't know if you've seen that, sir, or someone just passing away in front of you, 
if a person is very simple uh, and you want to know if the Yamadutas have come, these messengers of Yamadutas, these fears, messengers have come, if many people when they pass, they, they, when they, they die, they pass through the village out of fear, seeing the Yamadutas, these very fierce personalities. And, and uh, you know, it says that when, when a scorpion bites, actually, when a scorpion bites, adults can at least tolerate the pain and poison gradually takes its effect. Uh, and if you don't get treated, you may die or you, are, you get some infection, serious infection. But for a child, a very young kid, the pain itself is enough to kill a child. So it's very extreme pain. Hmm? So I imagine so much problem body. So this is the experience Ajahnal was going through. And this is what this is what fearful exchange he was happening. It was, he, was, he was having with the young Buddhas. And in that state, he just out of extreme fear called out to his son, whom he was very attached. So if, if, if you are forced out of your house, you try to call on to your relatives, you try to hold on to the walls. And if there are thieves who are trying to force you, they beat you, they drag you, and it's a very painful exit. So that's just the comparison of giving. Why it is why it is so intense the death, the moment of death. So, in the Prabhupada, the Prabhupada explains that how material scientists upright reject the existence of soul. Here, here Prabhupada is quoting this verse as a as a proof as a Shastra Brahman, as an authority which explains that the, 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 that the existence of soul is in the core of the heart. And he quotes Bhagavad Gita where Krishna also says, Ishwara Sarabhutana Hridesha Arjunateshwati. This the living entity resides in the region of the heart, in the core of the heart. And, you know, many, many years back in my childhood I saw a movie in which uh, hero loves the girl, then the girl passes away and just before she passes away there is in the same hospital there is another girl who is having some heart issues, major heart problem. Now what the doctors do, they check the family of the dying girl who is, who is the heroine, initial heroine of the movie that can be transferred to your heart from this girl to the other girl who is also having heart issues. So the family agrees and the heart is transplanted. Now, when the heart is transplanted, the new girl, the other first one dies, the new girl started to love the, the hero. And she also doesn't know why she loves the hero. Because the heart is transplanted. And <laughs> you see, so this is, and because the heart is transplanted, so, this, the soul, the emotion, the love which she had in, in her heart has also come to this girl's heart now. Uh, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, heart, Prabhupada uses the word that heart is, heart is a mechanical arrangement within the body. And soul just resides there. And if someone transplants a heart, it doesn't mean that the new soul comes in. Uh, <laughs> it is still the same soul because every particular soul 
is a proprietor for a certain period of a particular body. If you actually see, we have millions of souls within us, within our body. There are millions of bacteria within our body. And there are millions of souls within us. But only one soul is proprietor for a short period of this body. Not every soul. And that's why ghosts also try to capture and very for a very short time they try to acquire a particular body and possess the body if they are able to do so. That's a separate topic. So, so it's very difficult for, for modern scientists to understand the, the existence of the soul and what to speak of super soul who is also residing along with the soul within the same body. This is, this is the condition of materialists. Prabhupada quotes in his lecture, he quotes amazing words from Brahma Samhita. says, you know, it's a very famous word from Brahma Samhita. Pantastu koti satavaksara sampradamya vayorathapi manasapi manipundavana. Prabhupada says that forget about the material scientist who are atheistic by nature, who doesn't agree on the existence of soul, what to speak of super soul. Even the, even the jnanis, huh? even the jnanis or yogis, with the speed of the mind and wind, why or manasa, they are also trying to understand and realize the super soul and, and not the super soul in totality, just that the, the translation says as the tip of the toe of the Supreme Lord and for millions of years they are trying and they cannot reach it. So it is, it is that hard to understand how super soul is within the heart. Theoretically, we read from Bhagavad Gita and also from scriptures. But to realize it, it's not easy. And that same perfection is very easily granted to devotees. And this is very mind-boggling. This this puts a lot of question in people's mind, saying that those who are little, those who want to analyze a bit more, they say. If it is so simple, it may not be true. If it is so simple that a yogi or jnani with all the austerities, with all the hard work, will take millions of years in the speed of the mind to realize the tip of the toe of the Supreme Lord, how you bhakta devotees nicely eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, no austerity, hardly do anything, you know, and you just dance the gate and chant and then read some books. And that goes after many, uh, many times in my life. And then you realize the Supreme Personality of God, how does that take place? Yeah. To a degree that, that the Lord agrees to become subservient of his devotees. Yeah. How? That, that's not possible. And when, when with similar mindset we hear the pastime of Ayamil, unlimited question comes to our mind. How just by chanting Narayan once he attained success? How by, by, how by, how by, how? He didn't even call Narayan. How by calling his son he attained success? How he got relieved from, from so many sinful reactions? Like Maharaj was telling yesterday, that three Yamadutas came to take Ajahn. And Acharya's point out that usually two Yamadutas come to take the soul. But he was so simple that three came to take him. And one Maharaj uh, was telling that he was so simple that three Amrutas came to take Ajahnavi so that on the way also they will beat him 
And if two are tired, still the third one should continue to beat and no one should stop beating him on the way. He was so simple. Uh, they really wanted to punish him. And in that condition, he just called his son and success was granted. Not immediately, of course, he had to go to Harizwar and, and do Bhakti for 15 years. But Yamaguta has come touching. And that's the exact verse where they are about to basically finish the match. They are about to take the soul out of the body and take to Yamaguta. And straight away, what happens? Vishnu does come and with Bojasa, with very resounding voices, he shouted at them, Stop, you have no authority to touch me. And in verses further, Yamadutas will show their surprise that who are you, dear sirs? This is the first time in our whole career we have seen someone stopping us. And this is a little discussion. So, in this particular verse, uh, in Prabhupada quotes, how for millions of years uh, these sages, these great yogis and jnanis cannot understand, and this Ajamil who is referred to here in this verse as Dasipati uh, achieved it, the husband of the prostitute achieved this Prabhupada gives uh, Prabhupada takes a turn in the lecture, in one lecture similar lecture which he gave on this verse Prabhupada says there is, a very, there is another word in Sanskrit given for, for prostitute he is called, called Pumschali you know, those who know this verse Pumsa, Sriya, Maitani, Bhavana Pumsa means men Pumshali means who are taken away by men, who are easily carried away by men, uh, prostitute basically. He was, he was husband or he was Dasi's Das, he was servant of, of a prostitute or Pumshali. Now this particular uh, Ajamil who had such a uh, good family, uh, chaste wife, Prabhupada quotes Chanakya Pandit giving a, a hint or a, a nice nice example he quotes Chanakya Pandit and he says that how a, how a home can be very well, well managed how, how a house can be heaven and he quotes this verse he says, Prabhupada says quoting Chanakya Pandit he says Murkha yatram pujyante dhanyam yatra susanchitam Dhampatayo kalaho nasti tatra shri swayamadatara He says that murkha yatrana pujyante If we do not worship or adore murkha, foolish people as great uh, and learn from them uh, or make them our gurus or our teachers or guides If we don't make foolish people our gurus or guides or mentors Quite a bit of damage is saved. And it says, If one stores, this is from modern times, now it doesn't happen, now grocery shops are nearby. If, someone, if one stores one's stock, food stock, safely, then there is no anxiety um, of, of resources when there is a calamity. And it says, Dhampatyam Kalaponasti. Kalaha means fight. If there is no fight between husband and wife, Dhampatyo Kalaha Nasti. And he says, Tatra Sri Swayam Agata. Sri means Lakshmi. In such a house, Lakshmi herself walks in. The goddess of fortune herself walks in, in such a house. So, 
Prabhupada is quoting this verse explaining that if if in a family husband is first class and wife is chaste, the home is heaven. But for Ajam in this was even though he had this facility, he chose completely different route. Completely different, altogether different. And 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 for him the, the most abominable thing happened was throwing his parents out, completely stopping their seva, stopping all his worship to Vishnu or his religious duties. He was not a Purana Bhakta, but he was a Brahmana who had Vishnu worship attached to it. Then his wife also was killed out. And then he had, we heard in previous classes, he had so many children from this prostitute, he was eating from her hands, he was doing all the simple activities just to save her, to serve her. She wants a particular silk sari, he doesn't have money. On the road he will stop some, forcefully take the money, get her the sari. She wants jewels, he doesn't have money, he will borrow money, saying that I will return it after one month. But he knows very clearly in his mind, he is not going to give back. He would kill, he would rob, he would do everything to fulfill the desire of this woman just because extreme attachment. Hmm. Then the result he achieves in comparison to the previous discussion we were having of, of this great austere yogis or jnanis is very confusing, very mind boggling. Hmm. We'll discuss a little on that. Uh, how the Supreme Lord granted him such a result? You know, in Delhi, a few years back, I think two or three years back, there was a case filed by a predator. His name is Gautam Gambhir. Those who know cricket is very famous. And why he filed the case? Because one person opened a restaurant, a big massive restaurant in Delhi with the name Gautam Gambhir. Now he filed a case that how can you open a restaurant on my name when you haven't even taken my permission or I am not even involved. So court case happened. And he lost. This cricketer lost the case straight away. Why? Because the owner's name was also Gautam Gambhir. The name of the owner was actually Gautam Gambhir also. So he lost the case. He, he, there is no standing. He said, I can open the name, the, the, the restaurant with my name. What is your problem? So this person who is very famous got so much affected when he saw his name somewhere else. But someone else also had the same name. The Buddha was mentioning uh, in one of his Japa workshop I attended in Delhi a few years back. He asked two devotees to stand up in the class and two of them had the same name. You know, suppose there are two Hemant in the class and you call one Hemant. So, other Hemant who is sitting in the class will naturally feel it because his name is also Hemant. It's very natural. But now imagine if you are calling someone's name but the person whose name you are calling, he is the original name giver or he is the person who originally has that name and the name actually belongs to him. He has a proprietary claim on that name because it's his name and he is allowed others to use his name. Then if you call the same name, why do why you don't expect him to also have some feelings for that same name? And this is what happened with Ajahnabal. He just called Narayan and because the origin or because originally the name belongs to the Supreme Lord, there was a feeling that someone called me in a helpless condition. Because when we common people can have that feeling, oh someone is calling me. You know. If, 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 you, if you're walking in the courtyard 
and you hear someone says, for example, someone something wrong about and the word you, you hear someone something, someone is very angry and the word uses your name. You know, it, it really draws your attention, even though you, you don't know them or they don't even know you. And you really want to know, are they really talking about me? Then why not the Supreme Lord will, will have his attention towards the name which is originally his name and everyone is just copy pasting the name, his original name and they want to use it. So, so this change, this, this feeling even that I felt that oh how helpless he is and he's calling out to me, he's calling my name. Now Ajamil, as yesterday Maharaj was explaining in many classes we have heard, he was very offenseless in his calling. So the name Narayan had a massive effect. It took serious effect on him. But we as devotees who have heard enough about offenses, we have heard enough about, about the glories of the Holy Name, and we have heard a lot about the importance of chanting Hare Krishna, serving Krishna, devotional service. When we call out to Krishna's name, then we have to consider and take care of our intentions also. Because even though Narayan start, had felt some feelings when uh, his name was called, he's not fool. <laughs> we cannot easily block him. That I am also calling Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare Hare, but actually I need something else. I'm trying to do something else. If in innocence, in offenseless state one calls, then effect is very different. But after hearing so much glories, after hearing for so many years, so many months, then if we call, then we cannot cheat Krishna. Then he knows the purpose, the agenda behind calling this name. Is your intention correct or not? It's exactly like when, when uh, you know, we are low user in, in Vrindavan, if we are going for shopping. They are very, it's all devotee cat. So they know, the shopkeepers know that it's not devotees have money. So they want your business. So when you are walking, even though so many people come to Vrindavan, when they see a devotee walking, they call Hare Krishna Prabhu, Hare Gaur Prabhu. And you are hearing it that someone is calling you Hare Krishna, Hare Gaur. But you know they are not calling Krishna. They are calling you for your business. Very easily understand the intention. That they are saying Hare Krishna, Hare Gaur, but they want business, they want money. They are not calling out to Krishna. Now they will have some benefit because they are calling Krishna's name. But Krishna knows the intention very clearly. That whole day this person from morning to night is calling Hare Krishna, Prabhu, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. But he wants money. So this intention cannot be hidden from the Supreme Lord. This is for us. We must keep our intention very clear while, while we are trying to uh, approach Krishna and chant His holy name. Because the holy name of the Supreme Lord is extremely powerful. There is no doubt about it. Even in 8th canto, in the past time of Bali Maharaj, when Bali Maharaj uh, promised three steps of land and he could not give, and then he was captured by Garuda and then he, he, he allows the Supreme Lord to give the third step on his head. And then the Lord became very pleased and granted him the kingdom of Sutarlok and the position of next Indra. After this current Indira, Indra's uh, time is over. Then Bali Maharaj uh, was very happy and the Supreme Lord also was very pleased by his devotional act. And then Prahlad Maharaj comes there. And Prahlad Maharaj also offers to 
full of prayers and the Supreme Lord also told, tells him, Now you and Bali peacefully reside in Sutarlok and enjoy the kingdom. And I will see that because the Lord agreed, seeing the devotion of Bali, that I will become your real keeper. Then once they both were gone, then Lord Vishnu asked Shukracharya, who was the guru of Bali, who was initially telling him, don't promise, don't offer him the land because he will cheat you. He is capable of cheating you, he is Vishnu, he will cheat you, in three steps he will cover everything and you will not, not be left with anything. Because Bali had all the planetary system under his control, even the demigods had to run away and hide from him. So then the Lord asked Shukracharya, because all the Brahmanas were there, he said, Shukracharya, what was the fault or discrepancy in the action of Bali? Tell me. And this time Shukracharya gives an amazing reply. And we'll quote that verse. There is a 16th verse in the third chapter of the canto. Shukracharya, it leads to this verse, says, The Supreme Lord, there is no discrepancy. Someone who has served you, where is the discrepancy? Uh, he was telling before, don't, don't agree to Vishnu, don't give him, he cheat, he will cheat you. Now Shukracharya says in this verse, Mantarastha Santaras Chitram Desha Kalaha Vastutara Sarvam Karoti Chitram Anusankirtanam Tava. He says, There may be discrepancy in pronouncing the mantras, observing the regulatory principles, and moreover, there may be discrepancy in regard to time, place, person and paraphernalia. But when your Lord's holy name is chanted, everything becomes faultless. This is the demon's guru, Shukracharya, who is the guru of the demon, he is quoting. But when your Lord's holy name is chanted, everything becomes faultless. We do some yagya, you know, yesterday we went for a ceremony, someone's family, someone passed away. He was reading Bhagavad Gita, chanting Bhagavad Gita and offering uh, oblations to the fire. And Kirtan was also going on. And I noticed suddenly there was a small kid sitting there. And he sneezed right on the fire. You know, if, if I was thinking, if it was a, a, a caste Brahmana doing a yagya, my God, I don't know what the reaction would be. Because there is a small baby sitting in the lap of the father and he sneezed right on the fire. You know, forced to life, just went on the fire. It was like an offering, like that much. <laughs> Nothing, nowhere else it went, it just went on the fire. And how would it even react? What can you do? The Supreme Lord, His Holy Name is chanted. Such faults which are unplanned, which you're not, you're not, you're, such discrepancies which have occurred will not may will not uh, make the whole atmosphere unpurified. It cannot even touch. It cannot even it cannot even spoil a bit in the result which you will get from this idea. Why? Because the words of the Supreme Lord Bhagavad Gita was being chanted by devotees and constant holy name of the Supreme Lord was chanted. And the purpose and the intention behind the idea was very clear. Hmm? It was very devotional. So similarly, in our devotional life also, a uh, lot of discrepancies can happen. And as practicing devotees, if the intentions are very clear, why chanting Hare Krishna Mahantra? And then, little, little, little by little, our efforts are improved. 
then success is guaranteed. Because please remember, it's the same Supreme Lord who granted perfection to Putana, who had no intention to serve Krishna, and whose rather her intention was to kill Krishna. And Uddhava becomes very bewildered, thinking about this pastime that what is the nature of Krishna who granted the position of a witch, the position of his own mother, because she had her action were close to what Mother Ishwara's action would be, which is to feed Krishna Mahir. And but the intention was completely faulty. So what to speak of the devotees? And that's why Uddhava becomes very amazed. He says, who will not take shelter of such a person who is so kind? And and and, and why will not someone take shelter of him if they hear about this? And this is the same Supreme Lord as Dhruva Maharaj mother tells in the sixth canto. It is the same Supreme Lord whose heart is equal to, you know, every mother has affection for the child. She says to Dhruva that this Supreme Lord, Vishnu or Krishna, he has affection of millions of mothers combined together for every living entity. So that means mother has affection. But the Supreme Lord combines some Supreme Lord's affection for the devotees, millions of others combined together. And if that much affection the Supreme Lord has, little bit action will naturally result in the success of Ajahnil achieve or Uttana achieve. So for us, the hopes are extremely high, uh, extremely high of success. It's just we, we take care of our intentions a little bit and our actions a little bit. But what we what what, what is observed with devotees uh, is we lose hope very quickly and we start to, to start to question after a few years because no tangible result we see which we were really expecting uh, or some uh, I don't feel ecstasy when I am Kirtan anymore I don't feel I don't feel I don't cry when I chant the whole news and the, it says in scripture if you don't chant the whole, the whole, if you don't cry while chanting the whole thing, your heart is still going. But I am doing already for the last 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. It's not happening. Huh? Is Krishna there? Is it not true? Does it really work? So many questions start to come. Uh, I had someone at my home. He was not well. She was not well. And they died. Covid happened. This happened. Is he really going to protect? Because this canto is about protection. right? So we are hearing a young story. And we put all these ideas uh, and starts this, this start to bother us that I invested in such and such share or property or crypto, very famous things. It all collapsed. Is Krishna protecting? I thought I'll serve, use it in Krishna's service. So many questions starts to come. Is Krishna there? Is he protecting me? When I'm thinking this, this, this amazing example, which is mind uh, boggling to carefully think about it, came to my mind uh, that. We see Uttara. Uttara was Arjun's daughter-in-law, wife of Abhimanyu. Abhimanyu was in the battlefield and Krishna was also there. Krishna was in the same battlefield when Abhimanyu was also there. And Abhimanyu was killed brutally by seven Maharaji, seven great warriors. And he was only 16 years old. 
and Abhimanyu was also very ardent devotee of Krishna. Pandavas are ardent devotee of Krishna. Uttara is ardent devotee of Krishna, and the whole family is just pure devotees of Krishna. Now Uttara, who 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 is pregnant, her 16-year-old husband dies in the battle when Krishna was also there. So now she should become very hopeless of Krishna's protection <laughs> from the battlefield. She has seen, you know, just few days before my husband was killed and Krishna was there. Okay, forget about my my uncles, my my father-in-law and my, his brothers. They could have protected. But Krishna was there and her husband was killed. Now when the same Uttara is is again uh, attacked by uh, Brahmasra by uh, Ashwatthama. She is not thinking, anyways, he couldn't save my husband who was in the battlefield. Now this Brahmasra is shot and this is to my womb. How is he going to save my child within my womb? So better I, I ask for someone else. I, I, I look towards someone else for protection. Why bother asking someone who couldn't save my husband? Hmm? No. Her devotion was not shaken by her husband being killed. A young widow with a child in the womb was not even shaken. Didn't even question Krishna's protection. And again when problem came, she again ran towards Krishna to seek shelter. So, so this, such examples are very powerful that shows us that whatever may take place in our life, something odd happens. Some, some agony comes, some problem comes. If we do not see it as plan of Krishna's protection, then when next time problem comes, we will not take shelter of Krishna again. Or deal in our life currently also, we will stop taking shelter of Krishna. And that will be very disastrous for us to life. That we all devotees must check. Uh, that no matter what happens, Avashya Rakshiva Krishna, Ehi Vishwasapalam. This Faith must be nurtured, maintained, protected, must be flourished, that whatever may happen, Krishna will protect me the way He wants, not the way I expect Him to protect. And because He will protect me the way He wants, whenever I need Him, I'll ask Him for protection. You know, there are some acharyas they say that even if I'm dying in front of a demigod temple, I will not go inside and ask Him. <laughs> Why? Because this, they they are so clear in their mind that Krishna will protect the way He wants, and I will not take shelter of any other being. I will not take shelter of anyone else. He says, if even if I am dying right in front of the Devata temple, Devata temple, I will not go inside and take and pray for my protection. And what to speak of humans around us? <coughs> very very easily we we lose hope uh, that will Krishna. Is he there? All these questions start. So, why? Because during our devotional practices, uh, uh, we start to, to, to perform devotional activities with offenses. And intentions start to vary, to change, to go, to go completely, we become astray, completely off the required intentions. So, these are some of the points I thought uh, will be relevant for discussion. Uh, I'll stop here. Let's see if any question or comments if anyone wants to share or ask.
is servants. Anything else? Basically, die. 
So basically I want you to die. So this Bhagavad Gita said, okay, I will, I, I will accept whatever you say I accept. But I have one request. I want to see the whole battlefield when the whole battle is happening. So Krishna gave him the position, the, the strength and uh, gave him the boon that, okay, you will, he, Krishna put his head in a place where he could see the whole battle taking place from the one spot. And you know this battlefield is not in a soccer match happening in the ground. Uh, just to give you a quick reference, how much area the battle covers is the day Arjuna decided that I will kill Jagrath. Jagrath was placed 22 miles away in the army from Arjuna where Arjuna was. That much area the battle covers because you are talking about millions and millions of soldiers standing in a well arranged military arrangement is there. So, so Gabrik saw the whole battle. From top to bottom, everything that happened in the battlefield he saw. So after the battle finished, he was asked, Bhagavad uh, who was the best warrior? Because you had a Vardhan, you had a wound that you could see everything thoroughly. Who was the best warrior? Who killed more? Who, how, who, who performed the best? Krishna says, nobody performed. Bhagavad said, nobody performed. Nobody killed. He said, what do you mean? You know, there, there are millions of people who have killed in the last 17 days. He said, no, I only saw one thing happening. What was that? I just saw Krishna killing everybody. Rest were just their bodies acting. So what is what is the value of Arjuna going to heaven, getting this weapon, that weapon, uh, when Krishna has already done the whole, whole thing? And he showed Arjuna before that. So Krishna does sanitize two things. Even Lord Ram did that. He worshipped Shiva for three days before he was crossing the ocean and ocean did not give way for three days in Rameshwara he worshipped Lord Shiva but ocean didn't give way when Lord Ram in his anger stood and he used an arrow and put his arrow on the bow that now if you don't give way I'll dry the ocean then the, dev- the demigod of the ocean came and said okay I'm sorry I'll give you way hmm? so the supreme lord does simultaneously two leaders one is his Naralila for which he has come to attract humanity and simultaneously he makes sure that people understand he is God. And especially with Krishna, he has really made sure that people do understand that he is God. Hmm. So now, if you say, then why did he send to Devata? It's his plan. Let him do his plan. Uh, let Otherwise, if it is only if, if the exchange is only between Krishna and his devotee, how the pastime become more nicer, sweeter? There is there is so much emotion, agony, pain. Everything is happening. So if, if everything Krishna has to do, then Krishna doesn't want Pandavas to suffer. And why don't we go to the forest? So many questions we can ask like that. But let let the Supreme Lord decide how He wants to arrange His Lila. But best thing is He makes us understand very clearly that He is the Supreme Lord and He decides. Uh, you okay? Anything else? Yes, sir. No, I know. Guruji, Guruji, we discussed about the past of Ajahn. So, in this, um, like, uh, when, like, uh, it was an exam at the end, to change the name of the uh, Lord. So, when you change it, so, why was still in the material world after 
ग्रंथराश में भागवतम की जय प्रभुपाद की जय विष्णु की 